All right, Shabbos say good morning, good morning. Let us begin. An incredible day ahead of us today. Begin by thanking our sponsor, our sponsors for the month of Cheshvan. To thank Mayor and Rachel Gold for dedicating all the Shurman Drushos this month. In memory of Yonah Tzvi, Ben Yosef Chaim Elazar HaKohen, and to Zichron Levracha, and to thank Noam Elia Efron for dedicating all the Shurman Drushos this month in celebration of the 98th birthday of Noam's grandfather, Yosef Herschel Ben Mordechai Halevi. We also thank our Shir sponsor for today, Steve Golaskov, for dedicating the Shir in the Zichos of Rafua Shalema for his father, Nochum Sender Ben Ito Rachel, we hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, he together with Kol Choli Yisrael will have a complete and enduring refuah. Amen. With that, let us begin. We really have a very exciting dab. The next couple of lot are just, almost feels, it's too exciting. It's too exciting. It's, it's too much. So, so let's begin. We're starting actually top of Chav Beis. I tried to get to the Mishnah yesterday, but I was already five minutes into Mincha time. So we had, uh, we stopped at the, literally the top of Chav Beis Amad Aleph. So remember again, the Mishnah says as follows. So the theme of the Mishnah was that one is permitted to be Mechalo Shabbos, right? One is permitted to go ahead and even desecrate Shabbos. I want to point out, of course, something very important. You know, whenever we speak about that one is permitted to desecrate Shabbos, of course, if you're permitted to do it, then what? Then what? It's not desecration of Shabbos. I, I just, that, that, that statement in and of itself is an anomaly. In general, when it comes to Hilcho Shabbos, when you're allowed to do something on Shabbos that you're not normally allowed to do, there's a fundamental machlokis in halacha, if it's hutra or dechu. You know where this comes up? Most notably, is in the realm of pikuach nefesh. We know that on Shabbos, you're permitted to go ahead and do whatever you have to do to save a life. So there's a halachic shabbos in the mechanism of that. Do we say that Shabbos is hutra? So for example, in the situation of pikuach nefesh, do we just say, you know what, there's a danger to life? It's not Shabbos. It's not Shabbos. Let's do it. It's as if it's Sunday. It's as if it's Sunday. Or do we say, no, it's not hutra, Shabbos. It's dechuya. The laws of Shabbos are set aside. They're still set aside. They're still set aside. I'm sorry, it's still Shabbos. But Allah, my laws of Shabbos are set aside. What's the nafkami? That's the practical difference. The practical difference is actually quite fascinating. When there is a pikuach nefesh situation, are you obligated to try to minimize the amount of malacha you're doing in the performance of pikuach nefesh? In other words, I have a heter to now, somebody's in danger, I have a heter to do, do I have to think about how I should minimize the malachas? Or do I say no? Once there's pikuach nefesh, it's Sunday. It's, it's Sunday. So just pointing out over here, when we say we're permitted to desecrate Shabbos, so again, remember, if it's permitted, it's not a desecration. Right? If it's not permitted, that's it. But the point over here is, the Mishnah was teaching us that for the sake of Eidos HaChodesh, most remember again, we made a very important distinction yesterday. There are two different groups of people who we're dealing with, right? Remember, who are the two different groups? Group A, group A, are the witnesses who see the moon and are coming to Beisden to give their testimony. The second group is who? The people, the shluchim, who are then being dispatched from Beisden into the outlying communities to communicate that Rosh Chodesh has been declared. So far, what we have seen is the only people are permitted to go ahead and quote-unquote violate Shabbos are the Edim coming to give testimony about the new moon. The shluchim who go out do not have that license. Do not have that license. So the Gemara tells the story, There was a story that one time, 40 sets of witnesses were passing by and Rabbi Akiva stopped them in Lud, which seems to indicate that Halacha Lama Rabbi Akiva felt 
that it, it was, again, it's not exactly clear what Rabbi Akiva's motivations were. It could be that Rabbi Akiva felt the moon was so clearly visible the night before. There's no need for all of these people to travel on Shabbos, whatever, whatever the Messias was. And remember again, Rabbi Gamliel intervened and Rabbi Gamliel said, you're wrong, don't do that. Because if you stop them from going now, then what's going to happen? What's going to happen? In the future, they're not going to go either. So the Gemara says, Tanya, I'm Rabbi Yehuda. Chas v'shalom Rabbi Akiva ekva. No, it wasn't Rabbi Akiva. It was not Rabbi Akiva. Chas v'shalom that it should be Rabbi Akiva. Ela shezefer rosha shal gader. Rather, it was a guy, shezefer. That's his name. Shezefer, he was the head of the city of Gader. He was the one, ikvan. He was the one who prevented the witnesses from coming along. The Shalach, Rabbi, Rabbi Gamliel, and Rabbi Gamliel was so upset with Shezefer that Rabbi Gamliel went ahead and removed him from his position of authority. So, also, what's interesting to note is as so. What's interesting to note is as follows. I'd like to learn. Okay. All right. So, so, so ultimately, again. So Shezefer, Shezefer was removed from his position of influence as a result of this particular situation. So I'll say it's interesting. interesting. I saw quoted in the name of the Svasemes that the Svasemes says, so how how did Rabbi Akiva get, like how does that happen? People always confuse Shezefer and Rabbi Akiva, right? Like those are two, how how does that happen exactly? So the Svasemes says something amazing. He says, actually, the way the story unfolded, I don't know what he bases this on, but he says that the way the story unfolded was like this. This guy, Shazefer, was stopping people in the city of Gader. There, that was a city, right? It was a city between Lud and Yerushalayim. When Rabbi Akiva saw that people were getting stopped in Gader, he already stopped them in Lud because he realized if they're not going to get to go anywhere because this guy, Shazefer, anyway, is stopping them, I might as well stop them here in Lud already. In other words, there's no point in traveling from Lud to Shezefer if they're going to get stopped in Shezefer. So that's how the Svas Emes reconciles us a little bit. And whereas initially, the Gemara says, we thought it was Rabbi Akiva was stopping everyone. No, Rabbi Akiva was in line with the Tanakhama. The witnesses are permitted to go. But once he saw that already they were being stopped in Gader, Ultimately, he stops them in Lod a little bit earlier. Okay, interesting idea. Says the Mishnah. We'll see, here we go. Really fascinating. Avu no. Sheroz HaChodesh. A father and a son. A father and a son. Sheroz HaChodesh. Ultimately, again, who see the new moon. We'll say, by the way, there's something so beautiful. Well, the, the rest of the Mishnah says, Yelchu. They should go ahead and they should go to Basin together. We'll say, if you think about that, that phrase, there's something so beautiful in it. Avu no Sheroz HaChodesh. Or Sheroz HaChodesh. Sometimes, sometimes, when a father shows his son the power of his chadshus, when a father models for his son the power of chadash, the power of reinventing himself, the way that father inspires his son to do the same. We rarely remember things that our parents say, but we remember almost everything that our parents do. Ha'av ubino shero es hachodesh, or perhaps a little bit of literary license. Av ubino shero es hachodesh. A father who together with his son sees the hischachos, the chodesh, the ability, the power of renewal. What an incredible life lesson that is that a father could convey to his son. So father and son, back to the halacha though. Father and his son who see the new moon together, yelchu, they should go to Beisden together. Lo shem it starfen zemzeh, 
it's not because they form a testimonial unit. Because remember, again, a father and son cannot testify together. But rather, again, Abosa, this is actually very interesting. You see, normally by Edus, we're going to see Edus HaChodesh, the testimony about the new moon is different on a variety of levels. But one of the interesting ways in which it differs is normally, in order to, find a te- in order to form a testimonial unit, the witnesses have to see the same event together. Right, so the, the, let me give you just an exa- like the, the most extreme example of this in a capital case. Reuven and Shimon see A kill B. Right, Reuven and Shimon could form a testimonial unit if they were together. If they were together, right? If they were if they were in two different places, but they happened to observe the same murder, Chas they can't they, they cannot form a testimonial unit. We're going to see that by Kiddush Hakodesh. Interestingly enough, people could form a testimonial unit even if they, if they as long as they observe the same event even if they did not observe the same event together. So therefore, the Mishnah says, if a father and son both saw the new moon, they should both go to Yerushalayim. Not because they form a testimonial unit, but because if for some reason one of them is disqualified, because also we're going to see, you could be disqualified even if you're telling the truth. Right? We're going to see how you mess up on some of the questions. Right? You get stage fright. Right? You go ahead. You, people don't like taking tests. I hear this all the time on this Michas Chaber Chabura. Right? I'm taking tests. So, 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 so interestingly enough, you could get disqualified. But the good news is, as long as there's one witness there, he could combine with the other. Reb Shimon, Reb Shimon says, Abu Bno, Reb Shimon disagrees. So we'll say, the position of the Tanakhama is that the testimony of Kiddush HaChodesh is like general testimony. Just like in general testimony, fathers and sons cannot go ahead and testify together. But I'll just tell you, by the way, you know where this comes up, there's an interesting discussion. We know that Vayichulu on Shabbos night that you say after davening is Eidos. Is Eidos, it's testimony. That's why, again, halacha lemaisa, let's say a person tafas a little bit longer, Shmona Esrei, and they finish Shmona Esrei after the tzivu already finished Vayichulu. You're not supposed to say Vayichulu on your own. You're supposed to say Vayichulu with another person. It's an edus. It says, discussion. In Avoskin, can you say that with your father? Can you say it with your brother? Can you say it with someone who you would not normally be permitted to give edus? So we passkin, yes, because it's not, it's not that type of edus. And therefore, one is permitted to say, same idea by the hataras nedarin. Right? Hataras, that you need a beisdin. Normally, again, relatives don't sit on the same beisdin together. Hataras nedarin, even relatives could sit on the same beisdin together. Interested by Bayechulu, there's an interesting position of the Chazanish. This is good to keep in your back pocket. The Chazanish says that if you're davening after Shkia, which more often than not is what's happening, you know, some, the only time is that summertime maybe doesn't happen. Shkia, the Chazanish says, if you can't find someone else to say Bayechulu with, it's okay, because there's no Eidos at night anyway. Right? The Chazanish says that again, Bayezin doesn't accept Eidos. So if you don't have someone else to say Bayechulu with, Position of the Chazanish. Any event. So Rabbi Shimon, so Shimon disagrees. Rabbi Shimon says when it comes to Eidos HaChodesh, Abu Shimon says a father and a son and relatives in general are all permitted to give Eidos HaChodesh. So both say really fascinating halacha. So Rabbi Shimon says that the halacha of Eidos HaChodesh is dramatically different than any other Eidos. I'm Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi says, listen to this. This is great. Rabbi Yossi, right? Rabbi Tuvia, excuse me. Rabbi Yossi says, Tuvia the doctor. Tuvia the doctor. See, he's, he was in Yerushalayim. He saw the Namun. Who did he see it with? With him, the one, his son. Now, this is very interesting. 
Now, what's an Avdo Meshuchrar? Right? Who, who, who is an Avdo Meshuchrar? What is he? He's a Jew. So this is very interesting. Right? Avdo Meshuchrar means an Ever Kenani, right? A Gentile slave who was emancipated. Gentile slave who becomes emancipated is fully Jewish, is a full-fledged Jew. So three people see the new moon. Tovya, the doctor, Tovya, the doctor, right? His son and his Abdo Meshuchar. Kohanim Oso, Abdo. The Beisdin of Kohanim, we're going to talk about all of this. The Kohanim said, okay, Tovya, we'll accept you and your son. We won't accept the Abdo Meshuchar. We won't accept your emancipated slave who's a Jew. We won't accept him. Okay, Shabalif made Beisdin, and ultimately, again, when they came before Beisdin, meaning the Beisdin, Kiblu Oso, yes, Abdo, they accepted Tovya. His emancipated Eved, who's a full-fledged Jew, Upaslu but they wouldn't accept his son. So we'll say Tosis, if you think of Tosis, Paslus Abdo, what's, what, in other words, why, first of all, it's just even interesting, an Eved Meshuchrar is a Jew. So what's, what's the Havamina that he would not be accepted for Eidos HaChodesh? So if you look at Tosis, Tosis says, Sabila Kreb Shimon, Demachshir Bekarov, Vachodesh Hazeh, Lochem, Hainu Bochem. So this is quite fascinating. The basin of Kohanim had a different drasha. They held ultimately again, this new month is you, that's the by Parshas and Bochem can only be sanctified by you. By you means who? People with an intact genealogical status. So that comes to exclude a ger, a convert. It comes to exclude an emancipated slave. It comes to exclude a mamzer. Anyone who does not have an intact genealogical status. So we'll say it is interesting that who was the ones who made the drasha? The kohanim. Because kohanim is the segment of the population that are most makbid on what? Yichus. So it's very interesting. But halacha So the kohanim, the kohanim accepted tovyom. And ultimately his son. So interesting, the Kohanim would rather have Krovin than to have someone who doesn't have an intact genealogical status or an intact genealogy. But ultimately, again, when they get to the Sanhedrin, they get to the Beisdin in Yerushalayim, the Beisdin Yerushalayim rejected that, says we don't like Krovin, we don't want relatives testifying together, and there's, no, there's absolutely no genealogical requirement for Eidos HaChodesh. Good. Beautiful. Says the Gimara. says Kavaiter. Says the Gimara. Am Rabbi Levi. My time Rabbi Shimon. What's Rabbi Shimon's logic? So we'll say, so now the fundamental machlokas we have, which actually, if you think about it, is like a really serious machlokas. Tanakama holds that fathers and sons, we'll just, we'll just say relatives, but I'm going to use father and sons right now. Father and son cannot form a testimonial unit for Kiddush HaChodesh. Rabbi Shimon says, yes, they can. What's Rabbi Shimon's logic? What's, what's Rabbi Shimon's logic? So the Gemara says, Dixiv, listen, this is great. Because Rabbi Shimon will say this, look, look at how it started. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Moshe and to Aaron, when they are standing in Egypt, and to Moshe and Aaron, he says to them, HaChodesh Hazeh Lochem. This month, testimony of the new month is given over to you. Eidus Zu, take Sheira Bochem. Remember, Moshe and Aaron are brothers. And here HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving over the mitzvah of Kiddush HaChodesh to them. Rabbi Shimon says that's a model, that's a paradigm to teach us that even first degree relatives are kosher to give this edos together. I, what did the Rabbanon do with this? Not a Rabbanon, edos zu tehei mesurolachem. No, no, no. It doesn't mean that the testimony can be given by you. It means this type of testimony is to be given over to or administered 
by people like you. Which means what Rashi says, says the declaration of the new month is something that is handled by the most important Rabbanim of the generation. Like Moshe and Aaron. So I will say, so really quite fascinating. Everything comes down to how you dash in that Pesach. Rabbi Shimon will say, Kodesh Baruch is literally giving over the declaration of the new month to Moshe and Aaron. Moshe and Aaron are brothers. You see from here that Krovim relatives could form a testimonial unit to declare, to go out and come to Basin and talk about, and to give testimony about the new moon. The Rabbana will say, no, HaChodesh HaZelachem is a matter of administering the declaration of the new month. Who handles that process that ultimately has to be handled by Chashuvi Hadar, the most important Rabbanim of the generations, like Amoshin Aram. Beautiful, beautiful. So we'll say, by the way, we, we, well, we'll see. We paskin, we're going to paskin like the Tanakamo, right? Like the first opinion in the Mishnah, namely that Halacha Lamaisa, Relatives cannot testify together about the new moon, but but if relatives saw the new moon together, then what? Then what? We do have them go up to Yerushalayim. Well, let's let's finish. I'm getting a little ahead of ourselves. On Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says as follows: So we'll say. Then there was the story of Tovia Harofe. Tovia Harofe. So Amrav Chanan Barava. So we'll say. So Rav Chanan Barava says. So Hanem Arava says that Aloha follows Rabbi Shimon, namely that Aloha Lamaisa, even relatives, so let's jump a little ahead with Aloha, even relatives are kosher to give testimony about the new moon together. Amrali Rafuna the Rav Hanan Barava, Rabbiosi Umaisa, Va'at Amritilchosa Kreb Shimon, Surafuna, Surafuna, said Rav Hanan Barava, I don't understand. The, the Mishnah quotes a story. Mishnah quotes a story, and or I should say the Mishnah quotes Rabbi Yossi and the story. And I also remember again, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says the story of Tovi Harofe, and the bottom line of that story is what? That the Basin in Yerushalayim did not accept relatives, right? The Basin in Yerushalayim accepted the testimony, testimony of who? Of Tovia and his emancipated servant, right? And his emancipated Evet rejected Tovia and his son. So I don't say how you say that al Shimon. So the Gemara listen to this. Amr lo, so Rabbi said, this is fascinating. Rav Chanon said as follows. Vahazimnin sagiyin amris kamei derav, hilchosa kareb shemin, v'lo amr li v'lo midi. So Rav Chanon says, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. Many times I said this over in front of Rav. I said in front of Rav that the halacha follows Rabbi Shimon, and Rav never contradicted me. So I said that halacha follows Rabbi Shimon, and Rav never said, but he, ne- he accepted it. So the Gemara says, this is, this is great. So remember, this is Rav Hanan Barava saying that Aloha follows Rabbi Shimon. You have Rav Huna saying Rav Hanan Barava, but one second, the Mishnah seems to indicate otherwise. To which Rav Hanan says, well, I don't know what to tell you. Many times I said over in front of Rav that Aloha follows Rabbi Shimon, and Rav never said anything. So listen to this. Rav Huna says to him, by the way, let me ask you, Amalei, hey Tanis, by the way, what was the opinion that you attributed to Rabbi Shimon? Amalei Ipcha. To which Rav Chanan said, oh yeah, I, I, the, the, the opinions were reversed. In other words, that the Rabbi Shimon, I said over in front of Rav, held like what we have in our Mishnah as the Tanakama, right? So Rav Shimon held that relatives cannot form a testimonial unit for the purposes of Kiddush HaChodesh. So both said, this is incredible. So in Rav Chanan's version, the opinions of the Rabbanon, and Rabbi Shimon were flipped. So Rabbi Shimon was the opinion who said 
that you cannot have relatives giving testimony for Kiddush HaKodesh. So the Gemara says, so that's why Rav never said anything to you. Because Rav, Rav was not commenting as much on the attribution as much as he was commenting on what? The halacha. So essentially, what you said over in front of Rav was, Rabbi Shimon holds, Rabbi Shimon holds, that relatives cannot testify with each other for the purposes of Kiddush HaKodesh. And Rav never said anything. Why? Because Rav agrees with that halacha. So the attribution is in question. You see, in our Mishnah, in our Mishnah, that's the opinion of the Tanakhamo. You, Rav Hanan, are attributing it to Rabbi Shimon. But the reason why Rav never objected is because Rav also holds that Allah Lamaisa, relatives cannot join together to testify about the new moon. So the Gemara says, Amar Tavi, Berei Dirav, Amar Tavi, Berei Demari Tavi, Amar Mar Okva, Amar Shmuel. So we'll say here in the Hagos, it's you and they change it. Ain Hilchasa Rabbi Shimon. The Halacha does not follow Rabbi Shimon, namely, relatives cannot testify with each other for the purposes of Kiddush HaKodesh. And I both say, this is how the Rambam Paskins, in the Halachos of Kiddush HaKodesh, Perak Beis Halacha Aleph, the Rambam writes as follows, Ein kasher le'edos ha'chodesh el shnei anoshim k'sherim ha'ru'uyin l'ha'id b'chol davar v'davar. So first of all, the Rambam says, who's kasher for Kiddush ha'chodesh? Two men, two men, who would be permitted to testify in any other situation in halacha. Right? So in other words, they need to be kasher edom. We'll get into that in just a little bit. Aval noshim ve'avadim ha'rein k'sher p'sule edos ve'in me'idin. Avu b'no, shiroz ha'yareach. What happens if a father and a son see the new moon together? They should travel to Beisdin together. Not because they can testify together. Ultimately, again, not because they can testify together, but if for some reason there's some disqualification, right? We'll say, Pashtos, it happened that you had groups of people, let's say sets of witnesses that were coming up who saw the new moon together, but again, we're puzzled for different reasons. Sometimes they're, they're puzzled because of their status, as we'll get into. Sometimes they can be puzzled because they didn't answer the questions correctly. And this way, again, it's good to have a pool of as many witnesses as you can. So we'll say that's how we pass. Father and son go together, but not because they can give aidos together. They're not allowed to give aidos together. But just in the event that one of them is puzzled, the remaining one could, could, could join together, to, could join with another to form a testimonial unit. So we'll say, here we go. Fascinating Mishnah. So we'll say, here's what's interesting. So now, the previous Mishnah made this, made this statement that a father and son go together. Why? Because if one of them becomes possible, the other remaining one could join with another person to form a testimonial unit. So I'll say, interestingly enough, now the Mishnah discusses what are some examples of things that would puzzle people, right? What are some examples of things that would render someone unva- invalid to be a witness? Here we go. This is incredible. Here is a partial list, a partial list of those who could be puzzled. Examples. Hamasachit Bakovya. We'll say this is great. That's a Masachi Bakovya Rashi says Kovya Khatihos Shal Atsem Shemasachakin Beiravon. So we'll say Masachi Bakovya is a gambler. Someone who gambles is Pasul Aidus. Is not permitted to go ahead and 
give testimony. Now, Rashi says something very interesting over here. What's wrong with a gambler? What's wrong with a gambler? So, so right, we're going to see Machlokas Rashi and Rambam. So the Ra- Rashi says over here, if you go back to that Rashi, they used to make their, they used to make their dice out of bones. So let me tell you, this is incredible. What's wrong with gambling? Gambling was considered by Chazal to be rabbinic theft. We'll say why. Because here's what's interesting. When you gamble, right? When you gamble, everyone's intention is to win. And therefore, if I lose, if I lose, I'm really giving up my money begrudgingly. Right? And even if I feign being a good sport, at the end of the day, I'm giving up my money begrudgingly. The act of taking money from someone else, when, that, when the person who you're taking it from is giving it begrudgingly, is considered a rabbinic form of theft. It's not biblical theft, because what's biblical theft? What's biblical theft? I mean, we live in Baltimore, everybody knows this one, right? I'm saying, biblical theft, right? Somebody comes, right, breaks your car window, takes your thing, or somebody comes and robs you. That's biblical theft, right? Rabbinic theft is taking something from someone that they don't really want to give you. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of, for example, pressuring someone to sell something. Even if you're going to give them fair market value, pressuring them to sell is also a form of rabbinic theft, so interestingly enough, the, 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 the list over here is going to be a list of people who are considered to be gazlon and thieves midrabanon. So the Gemara says, umalabi beribis, another example of this, people who lend with interest. People lend with interest. So I will say, so once again, now lending with interest is an isra da'araisa, right? But, but, but what it does is, if you lend with interest, that makes you a rabbinic thief. That is a gazlon midrabanon. Because we'll say, by the way, right, violation of an isra da'araisa does not go ahead and make you possible aid this because if it did, if it did, there would be no Eidos pool, right? Let, 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 let's be honest, right? But again, what you begin to see is if you're a Gazlon Midrabonon, if you are a rabbinic thief, that, that doesn't sound right, not a rabbinic thief, okay, right? <laughs> right? But if you are a thief Midrabonon, Midrabonon, then ultimately, again, that renders you possible aid. See, fascinatingly enough, lending with interest is considered to be gezel by, by the way, it's very important. That's also Allah Khalamaisa, people who are in business, right, and lend money, any type of loan, or you lend money to another person, you have to use a heter iska. Right? It's very important. People don't realize this. That Allah Maisa, well meaning people from people, if you're if you are in the business of lending money or you are involved personally with lending money and there is some level of interest or additional surcharges involved, must have a heter iska. Share for a different time. And anyway, the Gemara says, Umulabi Beribis, so good Mabir. Dove racers. Dove racers. Now, by the way, the Raman points out this is not unique to doves. It's anyone who engages in animal racing, right? Of, of, of any sort, right? Dog racing, horse racing, right? Dove racing, whatever it is. It, it goes, it, it's in the same line as the Masachik Bakuvya. It's in the same line as the, as the gambler. It's all form of gambling, right? All of these things, if you win, right, ultimately you're extracting money from people, like, quote unquote, against their will. Therefore, that is Gezmo Dirabaran. Socharei Shvius, anyone who does commerce, 
with Shemitah produce. So we'll say, this is very interesting. If you look at Rashi, Sochrei Shviyas, Rashi is Osin Schora Bepero Shviyas. They do commerce with Shemitah produce. Terachmana Amar La'achla V'lo D'Schora. U'lefi Shenech Shedu Kol Eil Lavra Adas Machmas Mamon Chashtum Lios Me'idim Shekra Aydimom Shachar. We'll say, this is incredible. So interestingly enough, doing commerce with Shemitah produce is Asamid Rabbanon. It's not explicit to Raisa, it's Asamid Rabbanon. So we'll say, now, now what's, now what's the common denominator amongst all of these things? They all have to do with money. See, here's what's fascinating. Rashi says, the moment, the moment that when it comes to finances, I'm not above board, right? Such a person like that can't give edus. Why not? Because we'll say, once we see that money could sway me to do things that are not entirely appropriate or ethical, that means potentially I could be bought. Right? And that means potentially I could be bribed. So it's fascinating, by the way, right? If I struggle with other areas in halacha, that doesn't necessarily compromise my ability to be a witness. But if financially I'm compromised, right? Either, either again, I'm some type of, I'm, I'm a thief, or something like that. My, my finances are not above board. Chazal said, in that kind of situation, you're too compromised. Once money could make you do things they are not entirely above board. I will say, and these are not Isurim Daoraisa. These are Isurim Dirabanan. And remember, you can see this, by the way. This is a very, this is, this is a high threshold because a person's gambling and everyone else at the table loses the poker game and I win. They're giving me the money. They're not really giving you the money. Not really, so this is a heightened level of ethics and morality that the Torah is commanding us to engage in when it comes to our money, which is a, it's a, it's a, it's a high level. So the Gemara says, a person doesn't reach that threshold, don't give edos. Next, va'avadim, and slaves. And both say, the truth is, avadim is actually different, Rashi points out over here, because avadim can't give edos mid oraisa. We'll get into that. Zach, lal, kol edos she'in ha'isha k'sherola, so we'll say, essentially what we say is like this, any edos that a woman is not permitted to give, right? These individuals mentioned in the Mishnah would not be permitted to give as well. So the Gemara says, which I will say tells me that any edos that a woman is permitted to give, these individuals would be permitted as well. Now I will say, and I remember again, it's fascinating about a woman when it comes to edos. A woman is not permitted to be a witness in many situations, but yet in some very, very, very high stakes situation, a woman is absolutely believed. So Rashi says, for example, over here, Ha'isha k'sherla kigon l'hoid misas adam l'hasies ishto v'asodesh nitmis b'stira shlotishta. I will say, for example, a woman is believed to say, let's say, let's say Rachel is married to Yaakov. Right? And Yaakov is, Yaakov is overseas and no one's heard from him. So, right, so there's an incredible halacha that an eight echad, one witness could come along and say, I know that Yaakov is dead and that would allow Rachel to remarry. Right? Even if that one witness is a woman, that's permitted. And I both say, that's huge. That's huge. The stakes are so high in that area of Eidos because if the aid is lying, if the aid is lying, right, you have inadvertent adultery, inadvertent adultery, you could have potential mamzerus, Right, some really significant generational issues. So the Gemara says we can infer from this that any edos that a woman could give, these individuals listening to the Mishnah could give as well. To which the Gemara says, Amravashi, Zos, Omeres, Gazlon, the Divrayim, Kesherim, the Edosisha. So we'll say it says that yes, Gazlon, the Divrayim, anyone who is considered to be what we'll call a thief, Midrabanon, a thief, Midrabanon, 
ultimately, again, would be permitted to go out and give any edos that a woman would be fit to give as well. Take a look at Rashi. Le'edos isha. Rashi says, So we'll say, yeah, that, essentially that's the halachic construct. That this individual, this individual, the gazlon, the gazlon midirabanon, is knocked out from primary edos, but not totally unfit, because he's not a gazlon doraisa. He's only a gazlon, no, he's gazlon dirabanon. So he is restricted from many areas of edos. So what can he do? Pretty much any, any type of edos, any type of testimony that a woman is permitted to give, this Gazlan Midivrayim would be permitted to give as well. So Rashi says over here, Le'edos Isha, Rashi says, V'davka Gazlan Midivrayim, Aval Gazlan Deoraisa, Dechotzif Lavar Befarhesya, Loich Shiru Chachamim Le'edos Isha, V'avav Bishach Shiru Seven. So we'll say, interestingly enough, if a person is a Gazlan Deoraisa, remember again, what's the Gazlan Deoraisa? Literally, that's the guy who goes and robs someone, right? Just, just take something from someone. Such a person like that will be passed off from all Eidos. Beautiful. We'll say, last Mishnah. So we'll say, now we're kind of looping back. We established two Mishnahs ago that you're permitted to be Mechalel Shabbos in order to go ahead and get to Beisdin, in order to go ahead and give testimony that you saw the new moon. So let, watch this case. Let's say someone saw the new moon. We'll call him Ruvain. Ruvain saw the new moon, but he's incapacitated. He's old. He broke his leg. Whatever the situation is, he can't travel on his own. What's the Molichin oso al hachomer. So you could take him on a donkey, which will say two things. Number one, you could carry him. Not only that, you could load up an animal, right? Loading up an animal is the malach of mechamer, right? Of loading, you're not allowed to load an animal on Shabbos. One of the malachas. So you're allowed to go ahead and put him on a donkey. Afilu bamita. You can even go out and take him in his bed. Vim And I will say, if it's dangerous, if it's dangerous, lochin biadon maklos. Right? Take, take staffs, take weapons. Take weapons. It was right, a good, a good, a good lesson. Jews have to defend themselves as well. Right? Jews have to defend. You can't always rely on everyone else to defend you. Right? So ultimately, again, so they take in their hands maklos. They take staffs in their hands. Vim and if it was a very long journey to Yerushalayim, lochin biyadam mizonos, you could take food. You could take food. Sha'amahalich layla biyomachal Shabbos. I will say, here's what's interesting. You're only not to be machal Shabbos if what? If you can make it within one night and one day. Right? Because think about this in just a moment. Let's say you live in a place where it's a two-day journey from Yerushalayim. Can you be machal Shabbos for that? No. Why? Think about this just logically. Remember, when are, you, when, are you, when are you seeing the moon? And most when are you seeing the moon? When are you seeing the moon? Night 30. Night 30, right? Because that's, that's it. Remember again, that means the 30th day is Rosh Chodesh. If it's a two-day journey, you're not getting there anyway until when? Until when? Until the end of day 30, which means Basin would already be Makadish the Chodesh de facto. So the only time you would be able to Mechalo Shabbos to travel to Basin would be when you could get there in a time where your testimony is actually impactful. But if you're going to miss the window anyway, you can't be Mechalo Shabbos for that. Incredible. The Gemara says, Shama Halech. Uh, and I will say, how do I know once again that I'm permitted to be Mechalo Shabbos for, for, for Eidos HaChodesh? I will say, remember again, to be clear, who's the Mechalo Shabbos over here? These are the witnesses who see the moon, right? Not the witnesses who are going out to dispatch the information. How do you know that to do this? 
These are the holy convocations. These are the appointed times of Hashem that you shall call them out in their appointed times. Shavosai b'mo'adam teaches us that ultimately, again, in order to go ahead and ensure the Yom Tovim are in their right time, ultimately, again, you're allowed to be Machal Shabbos. Or b'mo'adam also means that declaring the new month in the right time is so incredibly important in its appointed, whenever that appointed time is. Even if it requires you to travel on Shabbos, Ultimately, that's what you do. Incredible. Bosei Hadron Allah, Arba Rashe Shanim Mazeltov, Mazeltov, Mazeltov. Good, beautiful. Enough celebration. Let's go right there. Imenon, Makirin also. So Bosei, now watch this. So now we're going to get a little bit more into the mechanics. So Bosei, so now what we've done is up until now, we've been focusing on who can give the testimony. How can they get there? They could be Mechalo Shabbos. And now this last Mishnah told us they could even take whatever they need for the journey together along with them. Now, Buzzer, we're fast-forwarding a little bit. Now, the Edim are arriving at the, at these, at the Bezdin. So Mishnah says as follows. Now, here's what's interesting. Let's say, let's say the witness, right, he's going. I, I, I live in, uh, I keep using Modian, right? I'm using Modian. I think it was because Noah Lassen was just here last Shabbos as I'm thinking about it. Right, so you go ahead and, right, uh, so I'm, I live in Modian. I'm going from Modian. I'm going to Yerushalayim to go ahead and give testimony. So I'll say, here's the problem. Here's the problem. No one knows me, right? No one knows me. I come to Yerushalayim. I show up. I'm just a guy. No one, how, how does Bezdin know that I have Ne'emanus? So the Mishnah says, So if Bezdin does not know me, the aid ultimately imo ido. So the local Bezdin of my town will send another guy with me as what? As what? Essentially, a character reference. A character reference. So we'll say, look at Rashi just a moment. If the Beis in Yushalayim doesn't know me, so they don't know if I'm a reliable, I'm a reliable witness or not, the Beis in my city sends a character reference with me to testify about that I'm an upstanding guy. So, Barish, so the Gemara says, by the way, it wasn't, Mishra says, it wasn't always like this. In general, in general, we assume that when a person walks into Beisdin, assuming we know for sure that they're Jewish, a Jew has, has, has a ne'emanos, has a cheskes kashos. Right? So say, we don't, we don't, generally, we don't start with character references for Eidos. Right? The person has a cheskes kashos. Every, this is so important to know in life in general. Every Jew has a cheskes kashos. Again, could you lose your cheskes kashos? Sure, of course you can. Just like, just like a restaurant could lose their ashkacha, right? If, 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 if there's shenanigans happening, a Jew could lose his cheskes kashos also if there's spiritual shenanigans happening. Absolutely, he could have. So I both say, so now listen to this. So the, so the Mishnah says as well, over here in the beginning, in the beginning, so a person would show up, would show up, and they would go ahead and, they, 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 now again, remember, Basin is going to ask them a series of questions as we're going to see, but a guy has a cheskes kashros, so you don't need character witnesses. Listen to this. When the Baitusim got involved, so we'll say, who were the Baitusims? Remember again, the Baitusim were a sect of people who did not believe in Torah Shabbat. So they were, they were bent on undermining rabbinic authority. Right? So therefore, again, they tried, and one of the, one, we're going to see, by the way, why they tried to tamper specifically with Kiddush HaChodesh. So ultimately, again, they would send in false witnesses. 
They were sending false witnesses. So what happened? When the Baitusim were sending in false witnesses, Basically made a rule, blessing. Basically made a rule, you can only accept testimony from people who we know. And if we don't know you, you need to bring a character reference in order for us to accept your edos. Incredible. So the Gemara says, just by the way, my acher. So we'll say, when you read the Mishnah, I just want to point out over something very interesting. The Mishnah is phrased in the singular, right? The Mishnah says, Im ein makirin oso, right? Again, let's go with my example. I live in Modian. I'm going to give testimony. Everything is phrased in the, pl- in the singular. I'm going to give testimony. No one knows who I am. So what does the Mishnah say? The Beisden of my town sends a character reference, a character witness with me. So the Gemara says, my acher chad. It sounds like Beisden is only sending one character witness with me. I'm in base. I'm in base. The chad mi mehemin. But one second, does that work? Would one witness be believed to be a character reference? But Tanya, we learned, The Gemara says, talks about a story that one time, one of the witnesses came before Beisdin, right, on Shabbos, and he brought witnesses with him to testify about his character. So we'll say, it sounds like, how many character witnesses do you need? How many character? Two. And we'll say, by the way, that seems Pashat. Testimony in general, except for a few specific circumstances, always requires a testimonial unit of two. So with Pashtus, even character testimony should require two. Amr Papa, my acher. Papa says, you're right. What does he mean the Mishnah says? That if based in Yerushalayim doesn't know who I am, they send another witness. Acher, zug acher. It doesn't mean another witness. See, it means what? Another set, another pair. Another pair. So if again, I am not known in the basin in Yerushalayim, the basin of my locale will send another set of witnesses, another pair of witnesses to come with me to testify on my behalf that I'm an upstanding guy. So more similarly, this makes sense. Remember the Mishnah says, if they don't recognize me, the aid. So my oso, if they say just one, that I'm also just means one witness, is one witness enough ultimately for Kiddush HaChodesh? No. It says Mishpat by Kiddush HaChodesh. Mishpat always requires two witnesses. Rather, what does it mean when it says if they don't know me? Means Me means my, my unit, my group, my two witnesses. Ultimately, again, what does it mean over here? Acher, another? Zug Acher. It means another Zug. You know, I was saying, I forgot to do the Masachik Bakovia. Oh, 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 okay, you know, I'll, I'll come back to that in just a bit. I have to, don't let me leave before I share with you something incredible over here. The Chad Milam, I'm supposed to say, for again, where the Mishnah is holding right now, where the Mishnah is holding right now, Dovi, is there football this morning? There is? Okay, okay, so I have to get this in before. I said I was going to finish by 45. Okay, good. You'll g- give me this until 10 too. Give me two more minutes. I'll just tell you this. <laughs> so the Gemara says as follows. So the Gemara says, <laughs> So to over here, so therefore we'll say the Gemara is suggesting over here that even though the Mishnah is phrased in the singular, it actually means plural. It's talking about there are two witnesses going on from Odin, right? Me and my friend, but no one knows us. No one knows us. So Bezin will send a pair of character witnesses for us. So the Gemara says, "Bechalal Mehemin." Is that true? That one witness is Sibos. So here's what's interesting, because the truth is, it's kind of like the first time we've been introduced to the concept of character testimony, right? Up until now, right, when we think about testimony, right, what what is testimony? What we'll call circumstantial testimony, right? Or, or you know, event testimony. I'm testing about something I saw. Now we have a new concept called character testimony. So the Gemara says. 
So the Gemara says, ultimately, again, what's, what's character testimony? Is, is one, why would we assume, I'm sorry, the Chalom Mohammed is one person not believed for character testimony? By Tanya, we learned, One time, Rabbi Noray went to the witness, right, to testify about his character in Usha. Rashi says, Usha, Kishayashva Sanhedrin Sham, so we'll say this is when the Sanhedrin relocated to the city of Usha. So one time it happened that Rabbi Nehorai went ultimately again to the city of Usha to be a character witness. Now Rabbi Nehorai is how many people? Right? Not that's your question. One. So it sounds like one person could be a character reference. To which the Gemara says, No, there was another guy. There was another guy with Rabbi Norai, but out of covered, the other guy was just a regular guy. So out of covered and deference to Rabbi Norai, they did not mention the other individual. Okay, Amra Savigimara says, Right, Amra Rabbi Norai, Sadakrina Habusha. Or the other possibility is, Ravashi Amar, Rabbi Norai, Sadakrina Habusha. Rabbi Norai actually had another witness in Usha. And Rabbi Norai went to Usha to combine with this other witness to form a testimonial unit. So the Gemara says, If that's the case, then what's the Kiddush? It's two witnesses. say this is incredible. You might have thought as follows. You might have thought that maybe out of Suffolk, so say, now remember, this is actually dramatically new. Rabbi Norai is traveling to Usha on Shabbos for what purpose? For what purpose? To give character testimony. There's another guy in Usha who also knows the aid. Now, this is a little bit of a suffix. Why? Because Rabbi Norai says, maybe the other guy's not going to be home. <clears throat> you might have thought that out of a suffix, you can't be Machal or Shabbos to go to Usha to serve as the character witness for the witnesses who saw the Kiddush HaChodesh. Kamash Shalom, you can. Which I must say something quite fascinating because now what you see also is that not only can you be Machal or Shabbos in order to go ahead and what? Give testimony about what you saw, but it sounds like you can also be Machal Shabbos for what purpose? Character testimony, which of course makes sense because the witnesses cannot be accepted without the character testimony. So the character testimony becomes as important as the very testimony of seeing the new moon itself. Quite incredible. So I'll say ultimately again, when Ula, when Ula came from Eretz Yisrael to Babel, he said to the people in Babel, by the way, they were Mekadesh, the new month in Eretz Yisrael. Interestingly enough, when Ula says that, we believe him. We believe him. Right? Now, just understand what's happening over here. Ula's coming from Eretz Yisrael to Babel, and he's giving the people of Babel information. Just want to tell you guys, in Eretz Yisrael, they just sanctified the new moon. He was there. He saw it. He knows what happened. So the Gemara says, we believe him, and we act accordingly. Now the Gemara says, Rav Kana says, by the way, it's not just Ula. It's any afilu afela afilu inish alma nami mehemin. They both say this is incredible. Any person who shows up and tells us that they declared the new month in Eretz Yisrael, we believe them. I. What if we don't know them? We still know us, and I want to point out all they're telling us is what? What are they telling us? What are they telling us? Information, not subjective information, objective information. And the Gemara says we believe them. We believe them, no matter who it is. Why do we believe them? Both say this is incredible because we assume the following. We assume that people don't lie about things that will become known. See, when do people lie? When do people lie? When they get away with it. 
right? If I know that something is going to become public information, I don't lie about it because then my lie will be discovered. See, Rabbi says, the Gemara says, if someone shows up in Babel and they say, by the way, they were Makadish the Chodesh in Eretz Yisrael, right? And so the Gemara says, kind of says, we can believe them. Why? Because at some point in time, that information is going to become known. So if the guy, if the guy is lying, he'll be made as a liar. So we assume that any piece of information that will become publicly clear in some point in time, people tell the truth. So it's actually a very interesting halacha. So therefore, again, if somebody shows up at another place and they say, by the way, in Eretz Yisrael, Makadish Chodesh, we believe them. Incredible. Tanya Al-Hibrais that supports this. If someone comes from the other side of the world and he says, by the way, Basin was Mekadesh the Chodesh, we believe him. Why? I just want to point out, this is a general clan halacha. This is not unique here. In general, we assume that people tell the truth in any matter where the truth will become quickly known to everyone else. People, it's incredible inside of human psychology or human, human behavior. People only lie when they think they can get away with it. But at the end of the day, if I know the truth will become known to everyone, people don't lie. Incredible Yisod. So I'll say, remember again, now the Mishnah said before, it used to be that they have the Kiddush HaKadosh from anyone. Then what happened? By Tusim got involved. And they tried to wreck the system. Rabbi say, incredible, incredible story. Listen to this Maisa. Ten Rabbanon. Ma kilkul kilkul say, this is wild. What did the Baitusim do? And how could people, how could people upend the system? Listen to this, here we go. Pam achas bikshu One time the Baitusim wanted, wanted to, to go ahead and derail the Chachamim. Then I will say, and I want to point out over here, take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Why were the Baitusim so bent on messing this up? Look at this. She'ira yom lamet shal adar b'shabes. Listen to this. If you're a Baitusi, if you're a Baitusi, there's one thing you want more than anything in this world. Right? This is good. If you have a Baitusi in your life, right? Good to know what they want. Right? If you have a Baitusi, the one thing they want more than anything in this world is they want Pesach to fall out on Shabbos. Hatzlacha, Hatzlacha. Right? They, they, they want the Baitusim to go ahead and they want Pesach to fall out on Shabbos. Why? Because Rabbi said, listen to this. Because how does the Torah describe the Havaas HaOmer or Mimacharas HaShabbos? Right? So the Baitusim feel that the second day Pesach always has to be a Sunday. Always has to be a Sunday. Now remember, the Baitusim do not believe in Torah Shabbat Peh. Right? So they do not believe in, in the verbal law, the oral law. They don't, they, they don't believe in that. So we understand, Macharas the Shabbos means the second day of Pesach. Shabbos doesn't refer to Shabbos. Shabbos refers to Pesach. So the Baitusim saw an opportunity here, the way that Adr was ending, to corrupt the system a little bit and to make it, to make it, that ultimately, again, and that's what Rashi points out over here, that they, they, they saw that the 30th of Adr was falling out on Shabbos, and if they manipulate the system just a little bit, Pesach could fall out on a Shabbos, second day Pesach falls out on a Sunday, and they would just be over the moon. No pun intended, right? Over the moon, over the moon about this. So what do they do? Look at this. They hired two guys. They hired two guys. Cost them 400 zos. Right? Watch this. Echad mishalanu. Now, one of the guys was a Baitusi, and one of them was Mishalanu. What does it mean, Mishalanu? One of ours, right? Deep cover, 
right? He was right. He was he was a deep covered tzaddik. So he'll say, watch this. It's a great story. So hey, so hey, they do. So what happens? So Shalohem, so down these two guys, these two guys show up in Beisdin. Shalohem, hey, they do. So Vyatso. So the Baitusi gives his testimony, which of course was a lie. He gave his testimony, but they accepted it. By the way, they accepted it, and he left. So the Gemara says, "Shalanu Amrulo Amar Isa." So the so the guy, the Shalanu, right, the deep covered tzaddik, he comes in and he says, he says, "I'll give you my testimony." Listen to this. He says, "Amrulahem Ola Hayisi Maala Adumim." So he says, "I was going up in Maale Adumim." Right, I was going up right in Maale Adumim, and what happened? First white line. I saw the moon, and look how I saw the moon. I saw the moon was crouching in between two stones. The head of the moon looked like a calf. Its ears looked like a kid. Its horns looked like a deer. And its, its tail was between its legs. When I look at it, I was so startled that I fell back. And if you don't believe in And if you don't believe me, I have 200 Zuz in my cloak that proves that I'm right. So you guys, wow. Amrlo, mihiski him, who put you up to this? So in other words, he, he, he told them, obviously, the moon never looks like this, by the way. Just you right? The moon never looks like this, right? No time of the month does the moon look like this. And he tells them, I got paid to say this. I got paid to say this. Who put you up to this? So, Amr Lahem, Shamati Shabikshu Baitusim Lahatos. I saw, I saw, now, whatever, it was Craigslist, right? The Baitusim put out, right? Looking, right? Looking, looking for a guy, looking for a guy to give false aid to Sachodesh, right? And I figured, you know what? I figured, Amarti Eilech Ani. So the guy said, you know what? I realize it's wrong to give false testimony, but I figured if it's me, I could at least be like the, you know, like the undercover guy and tell, and tell you the Rabbanim what is really happening here. Amrulo, they said to this, so they said to this, this deep cover tzaddik, Amrulo, first of all, you can keep the money. That's the first. You keep the money. Rashi points out over here how could how could they allow him to keep the money? It's not Beisdin's money. There's a concept of Beisdin. because remember he was given the money in order to do what? He was given the money for a job. Did he do the job? Did he do the job? No. So how could he keep the money? So Rashi says Beisdin hefker Beisdin. Or sorry, hefker Beisdin hefker. Right. Ultimately, again, I'll say Beisdin, which is um, what's the legal term for this? Eminent domain. Right. Based, although hefker Beisdin hefker is much more expensive. Basin has control over all monetary transactions. And therefore, Basin has the right to take money from A and to place it in B. So Basin decided ultimately again to go ahead and give the money to this individual. Listen to this. But the guy who hired you, we're going to stretch him out on the post. Which is another way of saying he's going to get Malchus. He's going to get Malchus. Ba'os Shah. In that moment, his kingdom they instituted Shaloyu Makablin Elaminamakirin. They both say in that in that at that moment after this story they instituted that we will no longer accept Eidos except from someone who we recognize. So we'll say it was this one story. It was this one story, and as a result of this one story, ultimately again they legislated that we will not accept your testimony unless we know who you are. If we don't know who you are, you need to come with a character reference. And only then, then and only then will we accept your testimony. I will say, I'll, I'll conclude with this. I'll just say something amazing. This ties in so beautifully. We'll stop here at the Mishnah, but I'll just tell you how this ties in so beautifully to the end of yesterday's daf. Remember again, what happened at the end of yesterday's daf? We had Shlomo HaMelech. 
Kohelas. And remember again, what did Kohelas ask for? Remember again, what did Kohelas want? What did he ask for? Baruch Hu? I want to be able to adjudicate cases without witnesses, without hasra'a, without testimony, just in my heart. Because they're both saying, what does Shlomo Melech realize? What does Shlomo Melech realize? You could fool people. And you could actually fool anyone. You could fool anyone. Remember again, this by Tusim, it almost worked. It's only because it happened to be that there was a righteous guy who answered the ad and decided to pose as a Baitusi. But Lamaisa, the first guy's testimony, the first Baitusi's testimony was accepted. So you see over here, you see over here how fragile the system is and how it is susceptible to lies, how it is susceptible to falsehood because such is the nature in general of human judgment. Human judgment is always limited and human judgment is always inherently flawed. That's the way it works. So now you understand Shlom Melech's tefillah, Shlom Melech's Just give me the wisdom. It's not my wisdom, but endow me with the divine wisdom to intuit, right or wrong. Save me the trouble of listening to people because people often lie. They often tell, or they don't even lie. They tell their version of truth. And sometimes it is the truth. Sometimes it's not the truth. So give me the koach. Give me the wisdom to be able to do it. Now you understand it because here we saw the system was almost manipulated. And again, you manipulate the calendar. You manipulate everything. And it almost happened. It was this close to occurring. That's the tool of Shlomo HaMelech. And I remember again, but it's important to understand, what did HaKadosh Baruch Hu tell Shlomo HaMelech? What did he tell him? He said, remember, he said, Yosher Divrei Emes, Alpish Naimedim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Shlomo, no. Let's keep the system I gave you. Two witnesses come and they give testimony. They both say, reinforcing an incredible yesod. HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not need us to be divine. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not need us to be angelic. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not need us to be perfect. He needs us to be human. And he understands that even in our humanity, there are faults, there are limitations, right? That's just the way it is. Is, is every judgment correct? Every judgment is as correct as it can be in the circumstances that are provided. And I've always said that becomes the metaphor for life. Kaddish Baruch Hu asks us just to do the best with the circumstances we are given. Just to try our best in the situation in which we find ourselves. No more and no less. Shalom Aleph wants to create a judicial system of perfection. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, that's not what I need of you in this world. I don't need you to be perfect. I just need you to do the best with the testimony, with the circumstances, with the life, and with the world in which you live in. We'll pick up with the new Mishnah Mirat Hashem tomorrow. Masachi Bekovia, 8.58. Masachi Bekovia, Mirat Hashem is going to be tomorrow. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, start, I'm going to start to share with you tomorrow, Mirat Hashem.